Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Well, church, let us get into the Word of God. I have been meditating upon, you know, what what I felt laid in my heart. And I've been thinking, you know, through this period that every uh, person have been going through, and especially us as Christians, that you know, how are we currently in our spiritual mindset and the state that we are in? And what came up in my heart was, are we still walking with God? Are we still on the right track? Are we still on the straight and narrow? And then a scripture came up in my heart, and I was thinking about a specific person. And in Genesis 17, 1, um, and this is about Abraham, When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. We see a couple of things in the scripture where the Lord reveals who he is. And because of who he is and what he can do, he gives an instruction to Abraham and he says to Abraham, Number one, walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Now, faithfulness and blamelessness, it's, it's an integral part of our walk before God. Because God is almighty. He knows all, he sees all, and he is in all. Everything he created is open before him. He sees everything. He's aware of everything. And basically, he says to this man, Abraham, who is now 99 years old, Abraham got 175 years old. So God basically said to him, in the next 76 years, you've got to do two things. You've got to be faithful to me, And you have to be blameless in your walk in front of me. And this is basically to the whole body of Christ. Faithfulness and to keep ourselves blameless. Because these two things are basically the two legs by which we walk. By faithfulness and to stay clean, upright, and to walk In front of our God. And we see the name here that God uses to present himself to Abraham is the name El Shaddai, which is God Almighty. And El Shaddai means, you know, I am the provider, I am the creator. All power and all might is within my control. And because I am that, Abraham, be faithful and be blameless. And this name. Shaddai, El Shaddai, means basically, you know, it's basically where God says, I'll be all sufficient before you if you remain faithful and you are blameless. It's vital to understand that in our walk before God, we need to do these. And that when we are faithful and blameless, then God will sustain us and nourish us, and protects us, and we will walk basically in the peace and the fear of God. 
So this is so important. And that is why, church, I want to ask you tonight, how is your walk with God? Are you still upright? Are you still walking with God? You know, always to me, it starts with Adam and Eve where they made a mistake and God came to them. God walked to them. There was a sound that basically warned them because at that stage with this, basically they, they sinned and they were running away from God. But God walked to them. And I always see that God visits mankind. God comes down and then he would walk to his people and walk to them. To do what? To be El Shaddai, to be the provider, to be the one that comes and does something. God has always, always has or have a purpose when he visits always to change things, to bless, to remind, to keep you upright. So therefore, we need to ask ourselves tonight, are we still walking with God, truly, in this time we are in? Because God is expecting us to walk. And I want to talk about this walking before God. You know, and it's become quite the obvious that Christianity currently is not a Sunday thing. It's a seven days of the week thing. God blessed every single day for us to walk in. Therefore, we need to walk faithfully and to be blameless before our God. Our days are blessed. It's a matter of fact. If God is in your day, you are totally blessed. When God comes down and he walks to us, many times he came down like with Abraham, with these men and women in the Bible, that he came to them walking to bring a message, to bring something to them that would cause them to walk faithfully. You see, God doesn't come down to visit us and to walk with us, to do us evil. Evil happens in this world, but it's not of him. When we are not faithful and the enemy finds an area and a space to blame us, then evil come to, comes to us. But it's not of God. Many people, you know, um, if I look at the name of God, El Shaddai, the, the provider the person that has the ability to, to keep me on the straight and narrow and to be my provider, then I need to remind myself that God is not just in my needy box, in the box where I need him when, when I have a need. God needs to be in all my boxes. And that is a proper walk in the sight of God. When God is in all the areas of my life, busy to cause my walk to be a straight walk, to be a powerful straight walk in His sight. But we need to be faithful to Him, number one. If He is, number one, and my faithfulness is towards Him, and then I will be a blameless person in the sight of God. Psalm 92 from verse 1 says the following. 
It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to His name. Oh, to your name, O Most High. To declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. Isn't this just powerful? It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. It's a good thing to be a thankful person in the sight of God. It is a good thing. Then it says here, to declare His loving kindness in the morning. That is where we spend time with God. And when we declare His loving kindness towards us, then at night we will see that God has been faithful to me in my day. And when I do that on a daily basis, it is a good thing to declare God's loving kindness over me. What I declare over me is what happens to me. And I declare the goodness of God. Every good thing that is found in the Word of God, I declare over my life. In the morning, and then I'll find God faithful at night. That when I go to sleep, my sleep is a sleep of peace. Amen. Our very being is dependent upon God. If we don't sing His praises, there is another lower God waiting for our responses on what life, uh, what life does to us, you know. When I don't declare God's goodness and faithfulness over me, then basically this lower person called Satan, he stands ready because he thrives in the area of unfaithfulness and sin. And when we speak death over our day and death over our circumstances, you know, problems when they come to us, we need to declare God's loving kindness, God's provision. He is El Shaddai. I let El Shaddai speak to my circumstances. I let El Shaddai come through for me. Then I'll see God is always faithful. God can never be unfaithful. It is impossible for God to be unfaithful. So the way you set Satan straight is by declaring the goodness of God upon your life, upon your family, upon your work, upon your body, upon everything you have, and you will see God at move. See, in Ephesians 3 verse 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that work in us, to Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations. God is busy with this generation that this generation might come to the fullness and that this generation might walk properly in His sight. Young person, if you're a young person, how is your walk with God? How is your walk? Are you walking up straight up? When you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, when you have God's promises waiting for you, then you need to declare the goodness of God on your life. We don't worry about tomorrow. It will take care of itself. You know, and it's actually so easy to give Satan credit by our mouths. We need to be careful what we speak over our lives and into our future. But it's time to declare the goodness of God upon you tonight. Psalm 19 verse 14 says, Let the words of my mouth 
and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. The words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, my, my heart that's, what, that, that's what flows over my lips. Nobody, if nobody does it for me, it will not be done. I need to, I need to make sure that my speech and my walk is in agreement. A person cannot speak death and walk the straight and narrow road. You will come to a standstill when your mouth and your speech, if it's not the word of God being declared over my life. You know, a glad heart, what a glad heart utters, the pleasing word it, word it utters will reflect my face. So I'm joyful. I'm happy. <laughs> I, I have the joy of the Lord that is my strength. So this scripture I want to share with you now. Isaiah 40 from verse 31. It says the following. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up, up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Those who wait upon the Lord. I'm going to get into a little bit of things now. Those who wait upon the Lord. You know, I always see the scripture, my interpretation of this is that sometimes we fly. Sometimes we run. But we always walk. So the focus here is upon the walk. Because you know what? Many times um, we would fly and it would be such a wonderful thing to fly, like an eagle. Because when you fly, you see more. You see. When you run, you are fast and you can quickly get to things. But when you walk, walk is for a lifetime. And the Lord says, they shall walk and not faint. Are you faint? How is your walk? Have you stopped walking? But it's time to pick up the pace and to get back into a proper walk with God. Now, I want to talk about this walking. You know, in the we just now had the Olympics, and one of the most uninteresting sports there is <laughs> is that fast walk. The fast walk, I don't know what they call it, but you know, there, there's not a lot of crowds. Because it's a kind of like one of the slowest sports there is. Uh, there's not a lot of crowds, not a lot of petting. It's just these people that, you know, do that funny walk. And they reckon between, they walk between 20 and 50 kilometers between the men and the women. They have certain walks. And can you imagine walking 50 kilometers, just, just walking? Uh, I'm, I'm, I cannot imagine that. Um, yet we have done a lot of running. The question is, you know, are you still walking? How are you walking? And this word wait, I want to focus upon the word wait now. When the Lord said here, uh, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. You see, we think this walking is a lone thing. I, I feel so lonely. I'm, I'm so by myself and that's it. 
But this word wait is a very important word in your walk. It says the following. In the Hebrew, it's the word kavah, which means to bind together by twisting. That is what it means to wait. So the Lord is basically saying to his church, bind yourself to me when you walk, because then it will be a proper walk. You cannot be faithful without my help. And you cannot be blameless without my Spirit's help in your life. How tied are you to the Lord? Or are you on a stroll? So many Christians are just on a stroll out there thinking that that is the spiritual walk. The walk connected to our God when we are bound to Him is the proper walk. That is where the Lord is in charge. Where the Lord takes your life and He guides you. That is the proper walk. Paul is the greatest example of what this binding is. It's what to be bound to the Lord. A binding together. A binding to. And I want to read to you Paul's mission statement. You know, or I want to call it Paul's walking statement. Paul had the most powerful walking statement, you know, in, in basically in the Bible. And the way this man walked is the greatest example that we have. So in 2 Timothy 2 verse 8, it says, Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer. Yes, the number one thing. Paul suffered trouble as an evildoer by doing good. Now that is a proper walk because that kind of walk is totally focused upon the Lord. The Lord would to take him into life-threatening situations. But because he was tied to the Lord, he could walk through any single thing. Verse 9, 2 Timothy 2, verse 9. For which I suffer as an evildoer, even to the point of change, that binding. He said, that's no problem. If they were to tie me down to, with chains, it's fine. And then he says, but the word of God is not bound. Paul understood one thing, that he was led by the Holy Spirit to go and speak. <laughs> That is what it means to be bound to the Lord. The Lord takes you and He takes you through circumstances and troubles and trials and situations and He takes you to places where basically you need to speak because the Word of God. Paul knew that if he were to stand in that circle with that person and he were to utter the Word of God, he might be bound, but the Word of God will take a flame from there and spread. That is the purpose of the church. So that we might be bound to the Lord, that the Lord would send us, that we might utter the words of God to this dead generation without the word of God uttered and released. This world is in such deep trouble and people's lives are in trouble. How bound are you to the Lord? What is your purpose? 
Therefore, Paul says in verse 10, Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect. That's why we are in ministry. Like Paul, for the sake of the elect, we minister, we preach, we teach, we don't stop. The cell groups, we pray, we minister to people, we don't stop. We go forward. We utter the word of God. And then, obviously, Paul says here, that they also may obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. There's such a purpose in our lives when we are bound to the Lord. Then it's no more about me, but it's about His plan for my life. In Acts 20.22 as well, Paul said, I see now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. So it's not about the things that will happen to me. It's the fact that I'm bound in the Spirit to go there, to go to that place. And then 20, verse 23, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city. How does the Holy Spirit testify? Through my walk, through my faithfulness, through my blamelessness. That kind of walk the Holy Spirit uses to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. But Paul said, then, then Paul says the following, saying that chains and tribulations await for me. Can you imagine knowing that if I were to go there, there's going to be trouble for me. But because I'm bound to the Spirit of God, in the Spirit, I'm commissioned to go to that place and do. But this is the power statement. Imagine coming to a place where you can utter these words. But none of these things move me. When none of these things move me, then I know this is the straight and narrow walk. Nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I might finish my race with joy. Okay, here it is now. When we bind ourselves to the plan of God for our lives, then, by the work of the Spirit of the Lord, what I do become joyous and it brings glory to God. This is so powerful. This is such a powerful example of this man's life, devoted and dedicated. So, your binding to your personal mission will cause a person to clearly tap into the spiritual dimension. And it's what I basically call, when your life is not your own anymore, and you do what the Lord tells you to do, then you enter the unselfish spiritual dimension where God will use you, where God will use you. And that's the power place. It's the place where you enter, where demons flee. It's the place where God uses you. He knows He can trust you because He will send you and you will do what is required. This dimension, the power dimension, the dimension of the straight and the narrow road. The, it's the Holy Spirit dimension. And when the Holy Spirit is present, there is holy chaos in that dimension. I love it. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is peace, there is freedom, there is power. And that dimension we need to tap into. And that is, the, that walk, that straight walk, 
You know, walking causes the condition of our heart to become stable when we walk faithfully. I walk because I have an appointment, you know. <laughs> it's, it's like a person uh, that's busy training and walking. And I have to go and see a heart doctor. Uh, once I get to the heart doctor, maybe in a month's time, he, when he investigates the heart, he knows if I've walked or I have not because he's an expert on the heart. If we walk, our heart is right with God, that proper walk. So only God knows, truly only God knows, only God knows if I am and you are walking in his sight. Let us refocus on our walk. And here's things that, that happens when we walk properly, when we walk the straight and narrow. Satan really takes note of you. If, if you are one of those people that there's never something wrong, there is a problem, actually. Because the moment you start the straight road, then, you, then there's a target on you. But it's fine because the Holy Spirit is in me. God is with me. His eye is upon me. He sends me. I don't do my own thing. So, Peter Jenkins wrote a book, A Walk Across America. He walked for 5,000 miles. Now, that's quite full. All across America, visiting a lot of places. And it took him five years. And he went through hard times. He walked with a 30-kilogram bag on his uh, back. And all the things that happened to him, all the things, listen to this. You know, he was hit by a car. He was bitten by snakes in the cold, the rain, the hail, the dogs that bit him. He was cheated, robbed. He was neglected. And he faced a lot of trouble. But yet, when they asked him, what is the one thing that caused you to nearly stop all the time? And he would say, it is a thing, it's a little thing that caused him nearly to end this journey of his. He says, it is sand. Once sand comes into your shoes, then it becomes uncomfortable. These little, little sand bits that would come into his shoes would nearly stop him. He says that's the one thing that got into his soul and his mind because that was so, un you cannot stop all the time. But, you know, in our walk with God, it is the little things that comes to disturb us. It's the little things that causes the walk to stop. We need to identify what are these little things in our lives? It's usually something little. It is usually something that affects me, that causes me the small things, the small things that takes people, the little foxes. You know, a little fox could be an attitude. It could be a mindset. It could be a little disagreement here and a little disagreement there. It could be a little not doing, not praying, you know, I skip a day, then I go here, go there, and then finally, then the little that I do gets me into trouble. So we need to always in our walk identify what is the little things. The, you know, the big things are one thing, 
but the little things I need to identify in my life. What are these little things that grinds at me, that become a paste that slows me down, that cause me to give up? You know, I remembered, and I want to use this example because it's good for the church to get examples. There was a leader, and I, uh, him and his wife, quite significant people, powerful people, and they came to me and they said to me they, they, they want to end their stint in leadership and they wanted to move on. And I asked them, why on earth would you do that? You are literally now, literally effective and powerful in what you are doing. Someone said to them something about someone and they took that as the gospel truth. And I said to them, that is false. Don't take it. Do not take it. This little things, these, just the simple words uttered to them, they took it as gospel. Today, after me, this happened quite a number of years ago. Today, they are no more in a church. Today, they are no more fruitful. Today, they are totally backslidden because of taking words and a lie. And I literally went to them. I nearly begged them, do not believe this. This will have a significant impact on your spiritual lives. And they said, no, the Lord, how the Lord said to us, that thing where people say the Lord said to me gets a lot of people into it. If God has planted you, how on earth will he just pluck you out? We need to stable, be faithful in our walk. Please, people, don't take every word gospel what you hear. We need to be careful. It's the little things that will take us right out of the will of God. So, Psalm 42 verse 3 says the following, My tears have been my food day and night, King David, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? I need to look at the things that are continually causing me to stop my walk. I need to be careful this continuation of influences into my spiritual life. I need to stop it. I need to get back into prayer. I need to get back into testifying for the Lord. I need to get back in my flow. I must use a Sunday as holy. Make sure I get the word of God in my life and don't just take off. It will have an effect on you spiritually when we do our own thing. We need to be careful. So, dear child of God, you know, Samson uh, with Delilah. Delilah's every day her moaning and groaning and the little things, the continuous things. That got to this man of God. And then finally, it took him out. So what are those things that are busy biting at you? What are those things that's busy chipping away at your walk, causing you to become unstable, Slow down. Walk like this. The road is straight and it is narrow. We need to stay upon that. I want to, at the end of this sermon, read to you 2 Corinthians 11.23. Paul basically mentions 21 things. Spiritual perfection in his life. 21 things Paul mentioned that he experienced. And yet, through it all, he remained faithful and stable 
and blameless in the sight of God. And these are hard things, church. Listen to this. Now, if Paul went through this, how can I pick up my pace to do certain things for God? Listen to this. Verse 23, it says, I am more in labors and more abundant. In stripes above measure. It means he's been lashed. It says, in prison more frequently. In deaths more often. He literally died where the Lord, the Lord sent him into situations where he were to die and the Lord would raise him up. Now that is a commitment to the Lord. That is a very straight walk. He says then, from the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and day I've been in the deep. In journeys often in perils of water. In perils of robbers in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils amongst false brethren, in weariness and toil, sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. My goodness. My goodness. Can you imagine? <laughs> Yet, we get so easily off track when something bad happens. We need to stay the cause. We need to be like Paul, tenacious, full of zeal, full of the fire of the Holy Spirit, going through things and not getting stuck in things. What are you currently stuck in that's holding you back? Pick up the pace. Stand up. Let's go forward with our God. Now, I want to encourage you, church. I want to strengthen you by saying to you, God has a plan. Let's remain focused. Let's stay with the Lord. And let's see that our walk is properly with our God. Let me pray for you. Father God, I pray for every person that is in need of a fresh touch, that is in need, Father God, of a strengthening and empowering, Father, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, I pray that you touch your church by lifting up such individuals, O oh God. And that's basically actually all of us. I pray, Father God, let the fire of God hit our hearts as we pick up the pace for you, as we strengthen ourselves in our walk with you, because we only get to do this once. And after that, it's eternal life with you or eternal fire with the devil. And O oh God, we don't want to miss that boat. Help us to remain focused, faithful, and help us not, oh God, that the enemy finds no fault in our lives. We surrender our lives once again tonight to you, Father. Help your people, strengthen them in Jesus' mighty name. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.